It's been a few months since we uh, last looked at the uh, Spanish body politic and now is the time to return because Spain is set for general elections in two weeks' time and there are fears that the far right could be about to make a huge leap forward right into government. The latest polls show that the Conservative People's Party may need the help of the far-right Vox Party to govern in a multi-party coalition. The party could become the first hard-right party since the Franco era to enter Spain's national government. And uh, the centrists, liberals and leftists have been, uh, well, left wondering... Is Spain next? A reference, of course, to the fact that similar events have been occurring right over Europe. My guest tonight is Antonio Barroso. He's a Spanish political analyst and adjunct professor at the uh, Sciences Po University in Paris and uh, managing director of the global consulting firm Teneo. And he joins us now on the ground in Madrid and I welcome him to our little wireless program. Can you be kind enough to remind the listener who are Vox Pop? What's the demographic? Hello, it's a pleasure to be on the show. So uh, uh, Vox is what uh, political scientists call a radical right party, um, which sits at the far end of the political spectrum uh, of Spain. And uh, it's made uh, basically of former members of the People's Party, of the center-right PP, that were disenchanted with the political line, with the centrist political line of the PP, and decided to create their own political force. And as a matter of fact, uh, much of its electorate is uh, made up of former PP voters uh, who basically went a little bit to the right and decided that Vox represented their views, especially after um, the problem with Catalan separatism, after there was a, a group of politicians in Catalonia that tried to secede from Spain. So that gave the party a huge boost. And as I said, most of the voters of Vox are former PP voters. Now, they, uh, they're very, very right-wing, and there's an ultra-Catholic sector as well. Sure. I mean, if you look at the policies that they propose uh, and their stance, uh, they are not very dissimilar from uh, the policies of other uh, hard-right parties, other radical-right parties in Europe. Um, actually, they released their manifesto um, a week ago, and it was interesting to see that on economic policy, they proposed some of the same things that other parties propose. For example, a flat tax rate, uh, a flat income tax rate. This is something that has been proposed uh, by Giorgia Meloni in Italy, the current prime minister of Italy, right? Um, but also... Uh, it's a party that has its own peculiarities, national peculiarities. Um, so they are really pro-Catholic. They are very nativist. Uh, they basically defend traditional Spanish culture. You know, they are big defenders of bullfighting. Uh, and they are, you know, they are harsh attackers of things that have been, you know, rights that have been conquered in recent years, such as LGBT, LGBTI rights such as, you know, Spain has a very progressive law on gender violence. They want to basically repeal that law. So definitely on, so to speak, social and cultural issues, they are definitely to the right. Do they confess uh, respect for Franco? Nowadays in Spain, you know, Francoism comes back every once in a while. It's still an issue that comes and goes um, and that basically defines 
part of the debate between the left and the right. Um, they don't openly espouse their love from Francoism, but they let's just say that they make a very uh, tepid evaluation of uh, what those years uh, were. Um, and especially what they try to do is try to push back against the uh, policies of the left, the so so-called historical memory uh, policies of the left, that have tried to basically uh, put to the fore the repression during the Franco years. And for example, I'm pretty sure that uh, your audience may have seen that the fact that the current government uh, uh, decided to uh, put the Franco's corpse out of a big uh, shrine uh, site in Madrid. So, you know, they oppose these kind of uh, movements by the uh, ruling government, by the socialist and Podemos government. So that's Vox. Tell me about the voters. Who are they? Are they, are they young? Well, it's a it's a it's a mixed bag. It's more it's mostly made by upper middle class uh, voters, um, uh, and you see it, at the beginning it used to be mostly older voters, but they're starting to capture part of the young voters, um, and there are voters that are really mobilized on different on several questions, right? Not so much on the economics, but especially on national cultural issues. For example, there are. Uh, voters for whom the territorial question, the unity of Spain, matters a lot. They are voters for which uh, things such as abortion rights matter a lot. Uh, you know, basically, uh, banning abortion is very important. So that, those are the kind of issues that voters, uh, Vox voters care about. What happened in the May local elections and uh, consequently, why are there now snap elections for the 23rd of July? So what happened was essentially that the ruling Socialist Party and uh, and also the parties of the far left got a beating. Um, uh, actually, the, the PP, the center-right party, uh, was able to uh, take over a number of regions uh, and many uh, local city councils that were in the hands of the left. Um, and ruling Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez considered that strategically it made sense to bring forward the general elections, which were due in December, uh, because, uh, you know, probably he thought that strategically it will make sense to hold the election while the PP is negotiating with Vox um, in several regions. So he could tell the left-wing voters, mobilize them by saying, look, this is what might happen at the national level if you don't mobilize in the next election. It's a hell of a gamble. It is a hell of a gamble, especially for a number of reasons. I mean, the first one is that uh, the PP leader, uh, Alberto Núñez Feijó is uh, quite moderate. So, uh, yes, you can attack the PP as much as you want for cutting deals with Vox, but the reality is that, uh, you know, the, the main figure, the, 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 the head of the PP, is himself quite a moderate, and he has tried to differentiate himself from Vox. So, from Vox. so it's, it's difficult for, the, for the, that tactic to work. Now, the polls make it very likely that this right-wing coalition government will win. Sure, but it's it's, it's uh, still not clear. I think the jury said whether you will have uh, a right-wing coalition. So a couple of things. First, you know, we are two weeks uh, before the election um, and there is around 30, 35% of people that say that they will decide their vote in the two weeks uh, preceding the election. So there's still room for surprises. That being said, if everything goes according to what opinion polls are saying, you might have the right-wing bloc with an opportunity to, uh, to govern the country. Now, the question is, will the PP need Vox or not? Because if the PP has enough seats to, for example, head a minority government, I'm pretty sure that Alberto Núñez Fijó, the leader of the PP, will try to govern by himself and not having to rely on Vox.
It's interesting, isn't it, that the polls also show that 60%, more than 60% of Spaniards are worried about the prospect of a coalition government that includes the far right. Oh, absolutely. But I think it really depends. Spain right now is really polarised, so it really depends on who you ask, right? If you ask in the right, uh, a lot of people are quite uh, calm about the prospects of uh, of a PP uh, um, Vox government. That's not the case on the left, uh, obviously. But uh, you know, I think the most important thing at the end of the day is how much influence would Vox have in a potential um, uh, right wing cabinet. And I think this will entirely depend on how well the PP does in the election in terms of number of seats. What are some of the uh, criticisms of? Uh of the Sanchez government, why are people swinging to the right? Well, I think one uh, one main uh, issue will be inflation. Nowadays, even though Spain has the low inflation rate amongst uh, European economies, but still people are feeling the increase in prices, especially in, in, in the increase in prices for things that are basic needs, right? So if you look at opinion polls, the number one concern of Spaniards is inflation. And I think the second issue is that the administration, despite having implemented the number of reforms that uh, you know that are important for the economy, it has committed uh, a number of very important mistakes. Just to mention one, uh, the government passed a law on sexual consent that had a, a legal mistake that allowed for a number of uh, of people who have been convicted of rape to be basically freed by the judges. Right? This was a huge problem for the government. Sanchez tried to remedy it, but I think it was. Too late is one of the main issues where I think people believe that, you know, the government has committed too many mistakes. There is inevitably infighting amongst the left. There is uh, quite a bit of infighting, mostly because uh, essentially you have a change uh, in the main figures uh, that are heading the movement. So in the past, the main far left party was Podemos, which was headed by this very popular figure, um, and his name was is Pablo Iglesias, but now... Pablo Iglesias has left the scene. He's really unpopular. So Yolanda Diaz, the current vice prime minister, is heading this uh, coalition of 17 political parties called SUMAR. And, you know, basically having that coalition was a prerequisite for the left to survive at the end of the day, for the far left. But still, there is a lot of infighting. And you still have people from Podemos complaining about the way this negotiation has happened. So, yes, you still have infighting happening of the far left, which is a problem for the far left. How important is the separatist issue? So the separatist um, issue in Catalonia is not as important as in the past, uh, because mostly because of the infighting between pro-independence parties in Catalonia, right? Also because Sanchez has followed a policy of detente, so to speak, vis-a-vis uh, -vis the, the Catalan independentist leaders with uh, some, you know, by passing some pardons, by, uh, by uh, changing laws uh, under which these uh, pro-independence leaders were, were judged. But precisely this is one issue that has been a focal point of attack for the PP and for Vox because they believe that Sanchez has been too weak dealing with the pro-independence movement. So in terms of what Catalonia is doing right now, what the Catalonian government is doing, it's not an issue at all, but it is an issue that has been used by the national parties as a, as a battle point in their campaign. What might a right-wing coalition government look like in your view? I think, you know, one of the paradoxes of Spain is that you have a lot of polarization on cultural issues, but at the end of the day, if you compare it with other countries, a mainstream party will still be governing the, the country, right? This is not the case in a country like Italy. It's not the case in a country like Poland. Um, you know, so when you look at, uh, at, at Spain, like at the end of the day, 
Sure, you have polarization about cultural issues, and you have uh, far left and far right parties that try to bring centrist parties to the uh, to the extreme end of the spectrum. But at the end of the day, centrist parties continue to dominate the political scene, and I think this is positive. I think for the country in comparative terms. My impression is that if uh, the first preference for uh, PP leader Alberto Núñez Feijóo is to head a minority government, and it will be, I would say, a relatively centrist center right government. Granted, with some issues on the cultural side to placate those Vox voters where they might clearly separate themselves from what the current government has done. But on economic issues, it will remain a very centrist government. And I think this will be the case even in the case of a PP-Vox coalition, uh, because my impression is that the PP will try to limit as much as possible the influence of Vox on key issues for the government, such as economic policy and the European Union issues. In introducing you, I made the obvious point that the situation in Spain seems to echo what's been happening elsewhere in Europe. But are there perhaps differences? Well, the differences are mostly the peculiarities, the national peculiarities, right? Um, the territorial issue is not as prominent in other countries. So, for example, uh, the national rally of uh, French politician Marine Le Pen focuses mostly on issues such as migration, immigration, such as law and order, which Vox also does, but there is not a pro-independence movement or anything like that in France, at least alive, right, right now. So I think the territorial issue is very important for Vox. And then you have the cultural, you know, the, not only cultural, but also social, for example, or gender rights. Vox is a little bit more to the right than other countries, than other parties. I, I can think of uh, Marine Le Pen, for example. Marine Le Pen wouldn't there I think, or, or strategically wouldn't go as far as to trying to repeal a gender violence law or anything like that, right? But it's a very prominent issue for Vox in Spain. I thank you for a most lucid contribution, Antonio. And uh, perhaps you can come back and we can talk again after the elections. My guest has been Antonio Barroso, who's a Spanish political analyst and managing director of a global consulting firm, Teneo. Thanks very much, Antonio. It was my pleasure. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. 